From the Quadesh Family Church, Apostle Joel Obobasa will inspire you with anointed, practical, and down-to-earth Bible-based teachings that will refresh, energize, and motivate you to do your best for God. Join the Apostle now as he ministers the Word of God. Wow! What a blessing. Wow, I'm surprised DJ hasn't lost her voice. <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> okay, let us pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful afternoon. It's raining, it's wet. But Lord, it's a beautiful weather and we're grateful to you even for the change, for the coolness and for the cozy feeling that comes with it. All these are created by you for us to enjoy. And so we're grateful. We pray, Lord, that on this day as we gather still to serve you and to hear your word, that you will visit us by your power and your might. And Lord, that you cause us to experience the spirit of revelation. And Lord, you will give us insights that will bless our walk with you. And that we will never be the same in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Wow. You may be seated, please. All right. Thank you. God bless you for coming to church um, in spite of the weather. Amen. And um, um, today is going to be a short, simple service, and we'll be gone. <laughs> DJ says, oh no, she, she needs to get home. <laughs> Her husband just said, oh yes, oh yes, we need to go home. <laughs> wow, it's good to have you back. <laughs> you, look, you look like people from the moon. <laughs> The only astronauts in the church. <laughs> what a blessing. <laughs> ah, they brought this weather. Ah, I see. They brought all this shaking. I see. Okay. Yeah, because we were fine until, <laughs> until you guys went on the moon. Even as of yesterday, we were good. <laughs> so we don't know what happened. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Amen. So we're just sharing the word of God today, and um, we've been talking about church growth. Amen. And um, from the book Church Growth, we are studying, and um, we can see that God wants the church to grow. Amen. And when the church grows, it's very beneficial. Joel, good to see you. 
<laughs> when the church grows, it's a blessing to everyone. Amen. Amen. And when the church grows, it means more people are being saved and retained. Do you see? Not just being saved, but they are being kept, which is really the assignment. Jesus said that you will go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, isn't it? So where we keep the fruit is what we call the church. Amen. So if you like, the church is like a fruit basket. Amen. It's God's fruit basket where he keeps the fruit that uh, is born by his people. Amen. I know there are some people on Zoom too, isn't it? Yes. Um, those who couldn't be with us who are not into floods and... <laughs> The adventure of driving in the rain and splashing water and so on. It's also another type of living. And so, hello to all of you. It's a blessing. Amen. Right. So, um, that's what we've been studying. And we can see, last week we talked about how that the kingdom of God is like a grain of mustard seed. And when it grows, it becomes a tree. And there is, uh, all the benefits are released when it is grown, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, that's where we were, okay? Then I think we also talked about um, why, how to use an akazo to induce church growth. Amen. You know, this past weekend we were preaching... Uh, this past week, actually, during the week, we were preaching in um, um, Guatemala, right? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and I was introducing the books uh, to some pastors, and one of the books was Anakazo. And I remember that this particular pastor, the interpreter, he was particularly keen on the meaning of the word anakazo. <laughs> you know, he struggled to pronounce it, but he eventually got it. <laughs> and then he went, um, actually not him, another one, the one who was driving us, he went and he did his own Google research on the word anakazo. And then he showed it to me that Google says anakazo means to persuade people and to threaten people <laughs> and to <laughs> press people into it. I said, wow, you know, so he took a screenshot of it. And so as we were sharing, you know, as we were sharing, and then I mentioned the book Anakazo, uh, as I was sharing with another group, you know, and then I mentioned the book Anakazo. And when I mentioned the book Anakazo, then he quickly got out his phone to explain in Spanish what Anakazo means. So I said, well, you have it. So we just share it with them. <laughs> and then he just explained it. That, and he read the Google uh, definition of Anakazo. You know. So it's a good word. 
Even Google knows it. <laughs> so that's, that's interesting, right? Okay, so last week we went through that quickly. We said, number one, you use anakazo to prepare a great supper, isn't it? Yes, you use anakazo to organize a meeting that you can invite people to, a service, an event, a breakfast meeting, um, you know, a ladies' dinner, you know, a gentleman's night out. You know, these are all events that we can use anakazo to create. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, that, you know, um, you can turn anything into anything. I was sharing with you how one pastor, one of our pastors, the way he joined the church was that somebody had a baby and the person told us, well, if you want to, I can use my baby as a reason for a kind of party or gathering, you know, so people can come. And then when they come, you preach to them. Wow. <laughs> yes. And um, so we went to that gathering and out of that gathering, I remember at least two people joined the church from that place. And one of them is a pastor in the church today. Amen. And he has actually remained. He has remained for over 20 years. He has been in the church. Do, Do you get it? Yes. And so it is worth it. Amen. We must use Anakazo to create events. What do you think? What are some of the events we can create? We can create birthday parties. Yeah. Do you know it's important to celebrate a birthday? Yes, because you never know how many more are left. Do do, do, do you get it? Yes. This morning, prophet said something that each one is a miracle, right? Yes. Yes. And birthday is a miracle because you're going to have to go through 365 days for the next one to happen, isn't it? And each day is an opportunity to go. So you're going to escape 365 times before you see your next birthday. It's not to be taken for granted. It must be celebrated. It's a real victory. Do do, do you get it? So don't be passive about your birthday. Do you see? Don't be passive about it. Don't cry, I'm growing old. You should rather be fortunate and blessed that you are even around. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's how you ought to think about it. But every birthday celebration is an outreach occasion. It's an opportunity to invite people to church. To tell people, you know, I'm celebrating my birthday. God has been good to me. And I'm inviting my whole family to join me to come and give thanks to the Lord. And it's appropriate. It's it's appropriate. Do you see what I'm saying? It's appropriate because God looks out for our gratitude. When Jesus healed 10 lepers, he was counting how many of them would come back and say thank you. How many of them would even notice that it does make a difference, you know, when you are a leper and now you are no longer a leper. You see, yes. And he was watching to see how many of them would even be that grateful. 
You get it. So I believe God is watching to see how many of us are grateful to be around, to see another year, to see another summer, to see another winter, you know, because some people who were around last summer are not around anymore. In fact, one brother was telling me that this year, his relative, in fact, I think it was his sister, he said this year around March, his sister was... um, called him and told him he had been diagnosed with some disease in March. Wow. You know, and last week she was buried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that? And so when he said that to me, I said, what, March? He said, yes, just March, just past March. You know, and April, May, June, July, and August, she's down. You see, Yes. And, and she died, I think, at the beginning of August. It was actually like four months. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not to be taken for granted at all. Not everybody will be included in Christmas. Do you get it? So it's important that we notice them and be grateful to the Lord. And we can use that as an occasion to organize an event. Do you see? Organize an event. Have a little party at your house. Have a little party at your community center or get a little restaurant or even a corner of a McDonald's. Yes. Go to the children's room at McDonald's and invite all the children and their parents and everybody and let's all go there. Because there are places like that that have little areas for a short, small party. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And buy everybody some McDonald's, you know. Yes, a Big Mac for everybody, you know. Yes. And then give us a chance to share the gospel in just five to ten minutes. And lead everybody in a prayer. I think it's a good thing that can be done. Yes. Anakazo. Do you get it? You pass an exam, don't let it slide. Do you, do you get it? Yes, because if you had failed, we would have heard about it. You would be crying. Do you see? Yes. So, since you have passed, and God has been so gracious... Why don't you invite us to a celebration? Amen. Amen. Invite us to a celebration. You can even tell us to bring our own food. Oh, yes. A lot of people don't have uh, a place to go to. They'll happily buy their own food because the gathering itself is worth something. You see, the gathering itself, the assembly of the people is worth something. Before we talk about what we ate when we came. You see, which a lot of people don't even eat it, isn't it? Yes, most people don't care much about what was served, you see, but it's the occasion. Hallelujah. Because you can't fake an occasion. You can't say you've passed an exam which will come when you haven't written an exam. (laughs) We will ask you which exam are you talking about? If you see the thing, yes. So if God has given you an occasion, 
take advantage of it and use that to organize an event. Amen. Amen. Now, in the Bible, Luke 14, we don't know what the occasion was. The Bible simply says, a certain man had a great feast or a great supper and bade many. Do you get it? Yes. So, we can create a great supper and bid many people to come and that will be a blessing. Can I have an amen? amen. So, use anakazo to prepare a great supper. Number two, use anakazo to influence many people. Amen. Invite many people. Hallelujah. Use anakazo to invite Many people. Once there is an occasion, there is a reason to invite someone. You see, and there are a lot of people that you cannot get to go to certain places unless you give them a compelling reason to come. Do you see? Some people care about what you care about. So, ordinarily, they wouldn't do this. But because you say they should do it, they will do it. Amen. Many times people follow their relatives to church for baby dedication. Who would not ordinarily go to church? Yes, and sometimes when they come, even the way they are disconnected from everything that happens, you can tell that these are not people who are used to this environment. However, they feel out of respect for whoever invited them or out of respect for the purpose for the celebration they just add themselves to it. Do you get it? And for some people, that's how they find Christ. Do you get it? Yes. So, use anakazo to influence many people. Once you can tell that there is a reason to influence someone or you have some influence on, on someone for whatever reason, including that they are just interested in you. Do you get it? If you're a girl... And you know some guys who are interested in you. You get it. It's an influence. You get it. Because they'll go where you ask them to go. <laughs> you know, when guys are interested in girls, they just follow them around. <laughs> you get it. Yes. And sometimes the influence is so strong, they'll follow you all around the mall. <laughs> all around the mall. They're just following you. <laughs> You get it. Everywhere you pass, you, you meet them. And you can see that they, they just can't get enough. They just want to, you know, sometimes they are even bold to ask you for your phone number. Do you, do you, do you get it? Yes. And when someone asks for your phone number, what you can do is to give them your phone number or your church address. And say, why don't you meet me here? Yes, I'll be here on Sunday afternoon. Why don't you meet me here? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, I believe that that is a blessing. Amen. We must use anakazo to influence. God gives us influence over people. And we must utilize that influence to bring them nearer to the Lord. Say amen. amen. Number three is that... You use anakazo to prevent having empty halls. Amen. 
we use anakazo to do what? To prevent having empty holes, right? Number four is to use anakazo to overcome excuses, isn't it? Yes, to overcome people's excuses. Hallelujah. Yes. I think it's because of Anakazo that we're even having a service today. Isn't it? Yes. We're just trying to have a service, you know, because if we follow the weather and all these things, (laughs) all our events will be canceled. I mean, and today looks like a good day for the blanket. (laughs) You get it? Your bed is surprised that you have escaped. (laughs) But that's because of Anakazo. Amen. So use Anakazo to overcome people's excuses. You know, and use Anakazo to overcome people's lies also. You know, sometimes people just tell lies. You know, they tell lies about why they cannot go to church, about why they cannot go to the presence of God, about why, you know, people fake sickness, fake tiredness, all kinds of things when people don't want to go to the presence of God. You know, I mean, it's, it's a strange thing not to want God. You get it, but... People don't know it. You get it? That if you really knew who God is, you would want him, not want to stay away from him. Do you get it? But this is what the Bible says, that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of people. Do you see? He says, the God of this world has blinded the eyes so that the light of the gospel which is good news. The gospel is good news. God is good news. You get it? God is not bad news. Yeah. Is there anybody who has, you know, met God genuinely who can stand up and tell us today that God has been bad news for me? Is there anyone here who can say God has been bad news for me? Stand to your feet if you are here like that. Yeah? That since I came to know God, it's been bad news. God has been bad news. It's been a bad experience for my life. No. I don't know anybody like that. Do you get it? Yes. And yet the extent of the blindness is so deep and so serious that it's hard for people to, to, to see through it. That if this was so bad, Why are so many people who used to be on my side crossing over to the other side? You see, mind you, anybody who is on this side only knows this side. But anybody on the other side knows both that side and this side and they choose to remain on that side. You get it? Yes. So sometimes when people are backsliding, it fascinates me because it seems you didn't really understand what happened. Yeah, you didn't really get it. You see, yes. I had someone preaching a sermon. The title was, what in hell do you want? (laughs) Yeah, it's what in hell do you want? (laughs) 
<laughs> he wow. couldn't, it's like the pastor couldn't believe that anybody wants to go to hell. <laughs> Do, do, do you get it? How can you claim? How can you claim not to? Uh, how can you claim not to believe in hell? Do you see? Yeah. When in your language you tell people, "I'll make your life hell." <laughs> yeah, that's true. What exactly do you mean? <laughs> do you see? If you believe in hell enough to tell someone that you make them miserable and you think the most appropriate word that will capture the degree and extent of misery they will experience is the word hell. So why don't you believe in it? (laughs) Do you see? So it's amazing when people don't seem to want to they don't want God. There has to be an explanation. No one in his right sense will say no to God. Yes. People who say no to God, people who say no to his presence, you know, um, they, there is a condition. Do you get it? They are suffering from a blindness, which the Bible explains clearly. It says the God of this world has blinded them. That's why the light of the glorious gospel can, is shining, but they can't see it. Yes, when someone is blind, everybody close your eyes. Everybody close their eyes. Now, describe what you see. What color is it? Is it black? Open your eyes. Is it black here? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> close your eyes again, everybody. What do you see? Black? Yeah. So you see? When you've been blinded, even daylight registers as black. Do you understand? And so when you are blind, spiritually blind, God who is light comes across to you as black. Darkness. Do you see? Yes. You don't see anything You don't see any point of worshipping him, relating with him, having anything to do with him. You don't see any such thing. But it is not because there is no light in God. It is because there is no light in you. It is because you are experiencing darkness. That's why you find God so boring. That's why you find his presence so boring. That's why you find going to his presence such a bother. Do you, do you get it? Yes, those who know God can't, the, the, the Bible talks about tarrying in his presence. You get it? Yes. Those who know God say that in his presence there is fullness of joy and there are pleasures forevermore. Those who know God can't get enough of his presence. Even we don't want to leave his presence. We don't want to leave the environs of his presence when you're having a true encounter with God. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So people need the Lord. And we need to pray. One of the ways to pray for someone who doesn't know the Lord 
is to pray that the scales will fall off their eyes. That the light will penetrate that darkness. And that they will somehow see God through that. Say amen. Amen. Right. Now the next one, number seven, is that you use anakazo to make a way for people. Amen. Amen. You use anakazo to do what? To make a way out of every situation, out of every circumstance. Think of every excuse as something that can be overcome. Do you, do you get it? And think of a way. Think of a way. Think of a way. And God will make a way. When you're able to think of a way, you know, when you are able to think of it as this is something that can be overcome, God will show you how to overcome it. Amen. The Bible says there is no temptation that faces a man, but such as is common to man. And that God is faithful, and he will, with the temptation, make a way of escape. Hallelujah. So God is good at making a way for people to escape. Amen? Escape whatever trap it is. God makes a way so that you can still go through it and still overcome. Hallelujah. Yeah. So through that, we will make a way. Number eight, use anakazo to go out of your usual circle of friends. Amen. Amen. We use anakazo to break out of our circle of friends because everybody has a circle of friends. You get it. And usually your circle of friends is made up of people who have some similarity to you, isn't it? People with whom you have some commonality, something, something that puts you at the same place. It's either a similar age group, it's either the same um, gender, you know, or the same nationality or the same race, or the same profession, or the same... There's always something that brings us together in various groups. Hallelujah. Now, if you allow yourself, you'll find that your life is hemmed in by that group. And you only stick to that group. You rarely break out of that group. You're always with that group because... That group becomes your comfort zone. Do you see? It becomes your comfort zone and you don't need much effort or adjustment to feel comfortable in that group. And since we all, you know, don't want to struggle and hustle because it's stressful trying to fit in with a new group. Do you see what I'm saying? So to avoid that stress, you find yourself always gravitating towards that group. And sticking with that group because they give you comfort. They, they, you, you, don't, you, are, you don't have to stress to belong in that place. That's why it takes anakazo. Remember, anakazo means to use force. <laughs> you get it? And to use an element of aggression. You see? So you have to press into something to apply anakazo. 
And so when you are using an akazo to break out of your circle, it means you are forcing your way to belong. You enter a new group, nobody is talking to you, but you are still there. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. You feel the difference. And you feel that everyone is looking at you funny. You see, but you, you, you don't allow that funny feeling, you know, to dominate your presence. And you know why you are there and you just stay there. <laughs> yes. And you can see everyone just barely saying hello to you and moving on to someone else. You know, they didn't say much to you, but they have so much to say to other people. But an anakazo person tries to force his way and tries to belong there because it's not your normal circle, but you are there. Yes. When we started having outreaches at Skid Row, you know, the early days I remember that we, from the time we arrived, I couldn't wait for us to leave. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you kind of wanted to leave. <laughs> yes. And I remember when I would leave the place, I tell you, I'd go to my car and do my thorough sanit sanitizing ritual. <laughs> do you get it? Yes. But with time, we started to get comfortable. It's, it's just a place. <laughs> it is what it is. It's not the cleanest looking, but they are human beings. These are souls. Christ died for them. Yes, that's their condition. And that's who they are. We either take them as they are, or we don't come there at all. Do you see? But we can't go over there and look down our noses at them and disrespect them and disregard them. They are people. They are souls. And they need help. And we can help them by the grace of God. Are you getting the picture? Yes. So we need to use Anakazo to break out of our usual circle. You know, if we're going to stick to our circles, honestly, we will not be very fruitful. We will not be very, very fruitful because many people in our circles will not even listen to us. Do you get it? Yes. We'll have to visit other circles and take advantage of the aura of a visitor. There are some people who say yes to us simply because they're a bit shy. <laughs> yes, they can't say no to us. And so they give us a chance at least. And who knows, that might lead to their salvation. And it might lead to something great. They'll find something great. Hallelujah. So it's so important we must use anakazo. We know that the anakazo man in Luke chapter 14, he went out of his normal circle. Isn't it? His first circle, immediate circle, was the first group he invited. And you can see that the first group he invited had a lot in common. They all seemed to have some money. Somebody had bought a yoke of oxen. Hey, they buy the whole yoke of oxen. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. When others buy, you know, little chunks of meat. 
<laughs> you get it? Weighed by the pound. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah. He is able to buy the oxen. They are actually alive and he buys a pack of them. You see, five yoke of oxen. Yeah? Five yoke of oxen. Hey! The guy seems to have something. Isn't it? And what did the second one say? What is the second one? I have bought, no, the second one. The second one had bought, oh, that was the first one, right? The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I have bought a piece of, I mean, I own the earth. You get it? A piece of ground. Something that is not, they are not making more. (laughs) You know that? Yes. One of the places uh, to buy land and where land costs so much is on an island. Because on every island, the land is limited. It is what it is. (laughs) You see, it can only be recycled you know, between people and owners. But that's it. What we see is what it is. That's what we are all sharing. You, you see, yeah? So in some places, people even sell the top of their, their houses. Yes. Like in a place like Cuba. Yes. And I know that from our church there because... They were trying to get a place and so on. And the place that was available to them, the place that was available to them was like the top. Somebody was selling the top of their their place. You can buy this place for your church. (laughs) In fact, they they rented it to them. They rented the the rooftop. (laughs) You can just get the top of the place. Because there's no more ground. <laughs> you see the thing? Yes, no more ground. You cannot have ground. You see? So people, yes. And you see a lot in those places. You see people by building on top of others. Yes. You see? So, for this guy to buy a piece of ground is an achievement. You see? So it's a kind of person who is able to own a piece of land. You get it? Yeah. Then the third one, he said, I've married a wife. Yes. Yeah. Which is also another, you know. Yeah. We can ask Rich Mike. (laughs) Yes. Rich Mike will tell you. That is not a joke. Mike, is it a joke? It's not a joke, right? Yeah, you can't just get some girl to follow you. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a small thing. Yes. One brother was telling me, um, where were we? Somebody was telling us what, what it cost. These guys were, I think, Sudanese people. Yeah, some of our brethren in the Pacific areas. Yes, and they were telling us what it cost to get married. Yes. And there, in their culture, it cost something around $50,000. That's the dowry down. Yes. $50,000, yes. Yes. 
So over there, the wife is returnable. <laughs> yes. No, seriously. He told us that you pay the $50,000 and you take the woman as your wife. Now, if after being married to her for a while, she's not quite what you thought she was, you send her back to the parents and you collect the... the, the <laughs> what I don't know is the return policy. <laughs> How many days, you know. But seriously. Oh no, tell you, tell you, I tell you. They were just sharing it with us. Yes. They said that's what it is like in their, in their place. 50,000, you know. <laughs> and one of them had just gotten married. So we asked him, so did you pay 50,000? He said, yes. Paid $50,000 to her parents. <laughs> you see, yeah. So, of course she's behaving. <laughs> Do you get it? Yes. But we're just saying that in every place, if it is marriage, it will cost you something. You get it? It will cost you something. And something significant. So you're going to feel it. So you can see this guy, his immediate circle, like close my eyes, invite my friends. One of them would be a, a, an, an oxen owner, another one will be a landowner, and the other one will be someone capable of marrying a wife or paying the bride price. That's his immediate circle. You get it. But his immediate circle and sticking to that circle was leading to an empty house. Because you find the same people who can afford such things are also the same people who have all kinds of agendas. So following such people was leading to an empty house. And so he decided to go outside that circle. Do you get it? So he told them, now go to the people who don't seem to afford any of these things. So he told them, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither. Do you see the next group? They are also similar. You get it? The poor, the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. You get it? Yes, this group also has one thing in common, which is they are all disadvantaged in some way or the other. Some cannot see, some cannot walk, some are disabled in some other way, and some are simply poor. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Destitute, you know, and you can see they are all found in the same place, in the streets and in the lanes of the city. That's where you find such people, you know. And they went to that, that. And you can see the guy. That's not his normal circle. But he went to that place for the sake of having people in the house. Do you, do you get it? Yes. And even after these people 
you know, then he sends the guy out again. And so what does it say in verse 22? The servant came and, and said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. So even when we have broken out of our normal circles, we'll find that there's still room. There's still room. Do you get it? Yes, because Jesus Christ died for an unlimited number of people. And the blood of Jesus Christ is available to wash the sins of the whole world. That's the capacity of the blood. Yes, yes. Very highly efficient at cleansing people from their sins. You know, these days, they have these HE machines and HE detergents. Yes. High, if you just use a little bit, you get it. And it washes so many clothes. You know, yes. Just a little bit. The blood of Jesus is like that. (laughs) You get it. One person's blood washing the whole world. High efficiency. (laughs) Do you see? Yes. And so no matter how many people you expose to it, there will still be room for more. Amen. So where do they go for the next group? The next group, he says... Yet there is room. And then the guy said in verse 23, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Hallelujah. Go to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in because at that place, the highways and the hedges, their roads don't naturally lead to my house. Do you you get it? They are not people who are on their way to my house. They are not in my neighborhood. They are not in my my area. See, this is where busing comes in. Do do, do you get it? Yes. This is where busing comes in because what you do is you provide someone, you know, a reason that they can't turn down. You see, you, 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 you bring... A, a, a certain kind of force to bear on someone, you know, and change his course and direction and bring them to the house that the house may be filled. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, sometimes some people say, it's all just about the numbers. We're not interested in the people. Well, this guy we're reading about, I don't know if he's asking for their names. I don't know his, his main point is that this house must be full. Amen. Yes. This house must be full. You know. And of course, it's not just filling a house for its sake. There's food in the house. Yes. There's a reason why people are being brought to the house. We don't have to say that that they they will come into the house that the house might be full of people who are eating. (laughs) Do do, do you see what I'm saying? You don't have to say that. There's a reason why we're bringing people to the house. So we don't have to mention that reason. There's a reason when you see someone entering a restaurant, does he have to tell you he's hungry? (laughs) No. This is a place where we are having a feast, we are eating, 
And so to make the house full is to make the house full of people who can be exposed to what is being served here. People who can have a chance to eat what is being offered in this place. So don't believe anybody who tells you it's all just about the numbers. No, it is about the numbers. Yes, but the number of people doing what? (laughs) If it's just about numbers, you know what? We don't have to bring them here. We just have to stand by the roadside and count them. (laughs) Isn't it? (laughs) Yes. Yes, 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 yes. We just go to the shopping mall and give everybody a sheet. Let's see, tell everybody, let's see how many people you can count. Then we give Pastor Moses one sheet to count. We give Ine one sheet to count. We give DJ Mrs. Bedso one sheet to count. Do you get it? Yes. Rich Mike, another sheet to count. Yes, everybody just gets a sheet. You see, and it's just counting. But it's not just about numbers. Do you understand? It's not about numbers. It's about people. And bringing people to an experience. That is what the man was after. Hallelujah. So an Anakazo man, an Anakazo man will go out of his usual circle. And I want to say that until we do that, we will never see a certain kind of growth. Amen. Because at a point, everybody in your circle has been invited. How many have noticed that? Yes, at a point, everybody in your circle has been invited. And many of us, our circles, I mean, in terms of people that we maintain an an ongoing relationship with, it's not not a very, you know, and the older you get, the narrower it becomes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because some time ago you would go to school, you know, and when you're in school, you don't know that it's an opportunity. Yes. You have a class full of people, 20 to 30 people that you get to relate with who can become your friends. You can relate with them and so on. But you don't even know that you are in an opportunity. You get it. But when you grow older, you know, sometimes some women, especially, they are trapped in the house. Yes, yes, trap you and your babies. You learn how to sing nursery rhymes and this, that, but that's it. You see that at a point, even your mind seems to be becoming a, a, a child's mind. Yes. Yes. That's why you see sometimes you see a lot of gossip at grocery stores and, and um, uh, the, the school playgrounds. You see people talking, I mean, I mean, and they are so keenly interested in each other and they are talking about useless things. You get it? But honestly, these are conversation-starved people who have stayed home all week and don't have anybody to talk to. Yes. <laughs> it's not a small thing so that circle is not big anyway and not only is it not big it's beginning to shrink as you grow older and so if we are relying on our circles first of all even the people we had within the circle they've all turned it down Do you see, not only is it small, they are also saying no. Even the few people said no. 
And you can see for that guy, that circle was really small. One, two, three. It was over. That's what he said. He called many people. And there were three. <laughs> many. It's three. Yes. It is not until he breaks out of that circle that he begins to have access to a whole new world of people. People in the highways, people in the hedges, you know, the blind, the maim, the halt, you know. The, you know very few people know one, if I say, do you, do you know one person who is blind and one person who is lame and one person who is poor and one person, who, you will see that you, you can't even name four people who fit in all these categories. Yes. So it's not even easy to have these people. But it is when we go out of our circles that we are able to access in addition to all the other people in our normal circles. And your normal circles are just the places where your life revolves around. So it will include people in your child's school. It will include people who shop in the same supermarket, people who live in your apartment complex, who live in your apartment building, who live in your subdivision. You know, those are your circles. But to be able to make an impact, we need to go outside those circles. So we're about to have Swirling Sunday, isn't it? Yes, we're about to have Swirling Sunday. And Swirling Sunday, if we're going to make an impact, we're going to have to go outside those circles. Amen. We're going to have to go outside our circles and start to compel people to come in in order that the house will be filled. Can I have an amen? amen. How many realize God wants his house to be filled? Yes. yes, God wants his house to be filled. Amen. Now use an account number nine until there is no more room in your church. Amen. Use an account until there is no more room in your church. So we must use an account until there's no more room. As long as we see room, Anakazo is still the way to go. Amen. Amen. Most people are used to, you know, just a soft invitation that really just depends on the other person. But if we are applying and utilizing Anakazo, then we are going to find that we have to go outside that way of relating with people in order to have people in our church. Can I have an amen? amen? You see, so then that introduces us to two other Greek words, biazo, and the other one is anadeo, right? In chapter 29, okay? Matthew chapter 11 and verse 11, it says, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent, which is the word that is translated 
violence. That word is biazo. B-I-A-Z-O. Right? Yes. He says, the, be, the, uh, the violent take it by force. Amen. Amen. Yes. Now, this is it. This is the Bible we are reading. You know, th- th- these days, prophet has been saying, don't be afraid of the Bible. <laughs> you get it. Yes. You didn't write the Bible. So let it say what it's saying. And I thank God. The Bible doesn't need any of us to defend it. You get it. The Bible doesn't depend on your ability to explain it to exist or to make sense. The Bible will always be around even if it is the least understood book. It will still be around. You get it. It's a book that upholds itself from generation to generation. It does not need somebody to defend it. Are you getting the picture? Yes. So this is it. It says the beers will take it by force. Do you see? Yes. So there's an element of force. You see that we need to force ourselves into things, force ourselves even into the lives of people. Yes. You see somebody who wants to talk to a girl or who wants a girl's number. And you see how persistent, you know, I saw somebody asking a girl for her number and the girl said, I don't give my number to strangers. And the guy says, why? (laughs) I mean, why don't you give your number to strangers? And the girl has to sort of answer him, you know, and then as the girl is trying to walk away, I mean, why do you usually disrespect people like that? You know, do you usually disrespect people like that? You know, and so the girl is kind of feeling a little guilty. And, and the guy is just asking, I mean, why don't you want to give me a chance? I mean, why? Do you have a boyfriend? And the girl says, no, I don't have a boyfriend. I say, yeah, so why? I'm a boy. I mean, why can't I be your friend? <laughs> you get it? And, and, me, and the guy is just persisting and, and pressing himself into the girl's life. Yes. It's really interesting. It's like I'm entitled to relating with you. Why? You are just a human being. (laughs) What's your problem? (laughs) Yes. You're a girl and I'm a boy. And you say you don't have a boyfriend. And I'm a boy. I want to be your friend. What's your problem? (laughs) Yes. So why don't you give me a chance? I mean, give me a chance. At least try me. You don't know anything about me. and You're already rejecting me. What do you mean by that? Yes. And you see such people, they leave the girl confused. And the girl is just standing there and she rather feels guilty. Yes. And finds herself having to entertain him. Yes. Told the girl, okay, give me your number. The girl says, okay, what about, I will give you my number. The girl says, I don't want it. Why don't you want my number? (laughs) I mean, just take my number. You just take it. You don't even have to call me. Just take my number. I mean, what's your problem? Why don't you want it? Are you so hostile? Why why, are you having a bad day or something? (laughs) Pressure. Pressure. 
for nothing. Do you see? Jesus is the one who taught this. Jesus is the one who said that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it, the kingdom, by force. So there are some things we will never really enter if we don't use a certain degree of strength, you know. And there are different translations here. William's translation says, men are seizing it as a precious price, right? Goodspeed translation says, men have been taking the kingdom of heaven by storm. Yes. And the popular Weymouth translation says, the kingdom of God has been enduring violent assault. That's right. So all these things tell us one thing, that gentle words, nice songs, lame sermons, docile choirs, cannot help much in this indifferent and uninterested world. That is the truth. People have no interest in God. And unless we get the attention with some strength and energy, they will not respond to our invitations. Right? Yes. And it's all for that reason, which is that the God of this world has blinded their eyes. Close your eyes again, everybody. Close your eyes. Can you see? This is the state of anyone who doesn't know God. They can't see God in the darkness. You can open your eyes. Hallelujah. Do you get it? Then the last word is that word, anadea. You get it? And that word means shamelessness. Right? Yes, to be shameless. And that word is the word that is looked, uh, used in the book of Luke, chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, where Jesus tells us the story of a man who needed three loaves of bread. You know? So go to Luke chapter 11 quickly. Luke chapter 11. And let's read that story and close. Amen. Amen. I told you today was supposed to be short. But <laughs> Sister Ivana told me already that since we've come already <laughs> we might as well preach. Amen. So let's just finish this up. We'll go in just a minute. Amen. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Now in Luke chapter 11, um, the chapter begins with Jesus being asked by his disciples, one of his disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. Show us how to pray. Can you see that? Yes. As John also taught his disciples to pray. And then he said unto them, when he prays, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in, uh, done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend that shall go unto him at midnight? So remember, this is part of a teaching on prayer. Do you see? Yes. And so he's teaching the prayer 
lesson. And then right in the middle of it, he drops this one and says, which of you shall have a friend um, that will come to him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. <laughs> the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. Verse 8. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend. Yet, because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. So he continues and he says, and I say unto you, ask and it shall be given. You seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Amen. So Jesus is teaching a general lesson, especially using the subject of prayer to teach us the principles that govern response. You get it? And people, people responding to our requests. Do you see? Yes. And he introduces something. He says that even though the friendship is not working, the reason why the person has come to ask for the loaves is because he's his friend. But the friendship is failing because the guy is saying, even though you're my friend, um, my, my children and I are sleeping. <laughs> we cannot come. Because there's only so much and so far we can go for a friend. You get it? But Jesus said there is another thing that determines whether people will have what they want or not. And that thing is not friendship. It's an element called importunity. Do you see? And that importunity, the original word there is that word anadea. Do you see? Yes, it's spelled A-N-A-I-D-E-I-A. Anadea. Do you see? Yes. And that word means to be shameless. To be shameless. So Jesus is teaching us that one way to press ourselves into things that we're being shut out of is to employ, you know, the tool of anadea, which is that you need to be shameless. That shamelessness will get you into places that you've been shut out of. Do you get it? Yes. Some things that a relationship will not give you, shamelessness will give to you. Yes. Are you hearing the picture? Yes. The normal relationship will not yield it. But shamelessness. So we are expected to combine the three elements. You get it? Combine um, anakazo, right? with anadea and with shamelessness. And those three together will get people following us to places that we want or need them to be. Can you understand what I'm saying? Yes. And Jesus was showing us that 
you shouldn't be driven so much by their convenience or be bothered so much by disturbing them. The guy was saying, look, look at the time of night. Do you get it? How many times have you felt like calling someone and then you look at your time and you don't call the person? How, who has done that before? Yes. You want to call. You are awake to call. You have a need and have a reason to call. But out of respect for their privacy, respect for their time, and their, you don't want to disturb them and so on, you withhold the call. You see, and that's what this person didn't do. I mean, it's interesting that Jesus is showing us that we can disturb people. <laughs> yeah, that we should feel free. I mean, in teaching us how to pray, he said that, look, the relationship, even though he will not respond because he is his friend, you get it? He will respond because of this person's shapelessness. The fact that the person is willing to press on and not be stopped by the notion that I'm disturbing someone. I'm sure you all agree with me that many times our, investi- our invitations and so on stop at, you know, I, I, I don't want to bother him. Is it, is it true or false? Yes. It's, 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 it's like you, you don't want the relationship to be a certain way or you don't want to disturb the person because the person, the way the whole situation is, you know, let me not disturb the person. And so we kind of keep a certain distance always. You get it? Yes. And that, of course, will not yield anything. Look at the verse again. He says, though he will not give it, I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Yep. Jesus said this is how it works. (laughs) Yes. Jesus said this is how it works. And many of us are way too respectful of people's excuses. And too respectful of people's walls that they build around themselves. And we feel being respectful of those excuses and those walls uh, is actually being Christian. That's how it feels. But this rather is being Christian. This is right smack in the middle of Jesus' teaching on how to pray and get answers. Do you get it? Yes. And he's showing us that you have to be willing to bother people. You have to be willing to be a disturbance to people. You have to be willing to be considered a pest of some sort. You have to be willing to be considered an inconvenience. You know, someone who is asleep in his house with his children asleep and you want to borrow three of his loaves of bread. You don't even know what plan he has for those loaves. You get it? Yes, that maybe in the morning that's what the family is going to eat. First of all, how are you even sure that he has those loaves? You get it? But at least you, even if he doesn't have the loaves, he should get up and come and tell me that he doesn't have the loaves. 
You get it. But it seems the guy even wakes up to come and tell him that, hey, have you checked the time? Please, we are asleep over here. And the guy says, you know, you are not asleep. <laughs> you, are not, you are not asleep. <laughs> you are not asleep. If you were asleep, you wouldn't be talking to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give me the bread. Give me the bread. Give me the bread and you can go and continue sleeping. Yes. Have you met someone like that who is asking you for something and overcoming all the excuses? Oh, but you can give me this. Yeah, but you can buy a new one. <laughs> yeah, you can buy a new one. Yeah, I even saw they've reduced them. You can, you can buy a new one. And you want to tell the person, why don't you go and get yourself one? Yeah. One time somebody saw a, a device I was holding or something and he said, no, this device is below you. <laughs> this, thing, this thing is below you. <laughs> so I'm holding that thing you say is below me. He said, yeah, it's, below, it's for people like me. You, you, need to, you need to give this thing to me. You need, you need to give it to me. You, you, need, you need to give it to me. Yes, you need, you need to give it to me. Yes. And then he goes on further to say, oh, but this you can easily buy one. <laughs> you can easily replace it. Just give this to me and just get a new one. Ah, you, somebody like you, you are using something like this. Please, please, just, just give it to me. Just give it to me. Yes. That, that, that is it. On the day, yes. And of course, I had no plan to give my thing away. It had everything. You know, even when I was saying that, look, my things are on me, he said, put them in the clouds. Put, he, said, he said, put them in the iCloud and, and just give it to me. Just, just, just give it to me. Overcome all my excuses and everything. Only one thing is left that I don't want to give it to him. Yes. You must give it to me. Yes. And of course he got it. <laughs> Do you see? Yes. Yes. So, there is such a thing. Too many of us act dignified. And we are trying to preserve our dignity. And we don't want to seem like we are some rough Christians. You know, we, 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 yeah, like we want to be some, we don't want to be too radical, isn't it? Yes, we want to be nice, polite Christians who have a Christianity that is moderate, you know, and which you know, accommodates other people is a not in your face kind of Christianity. No, but that's not what Jesus is talking about here. He says that you must be willing to exercise importunity because sometimes people don't respond to the relationship. But the same people who are despising the relationship will respond to your importunity or your shamelessness. You get it? Yes. And the guy, you know, after this, he can go off and think what he wants to think. This guy's got the loaves anyway. <laughs> you get it? He'll enter the house and start ranting. and say, What kind of person is this? You get it? What kind of neighbor is this? You wake somebody up at 2 a.m. for bread. What is wrong with you? You know, these people, they say, well, the guy's got the loaves. 
That's not how he is thinking in his house. You get it? He's busy cutting it up. He's slicing it. As you are moaning in your bed and crying, he's cutting it, getting ready to toast it. He's trying to make a sandwich for his guest. He's got what he wanted. He's got what he wanted. Got what he wanted. Amen. So, if we're going to see people in our church, we must know that there is an element of shamelessness that has to be deployed. You've invited someone so many times, but here you are again. Yes. You told me you will come after your baby is born. <laughs> so your baby is born now. I've come for you. Yes. Your baby has been born. Your baby is almost crawling. <laughs> it's time to go to church. Do you see? Yeah. And press our way into people's lives. Don't be shameful. Don't be embarrassed about seeming too demanding on people. Do you get it? Yes. If we truly understand what is at stake, if we know what hell is, the word that is used is snatch them. Do you understand? Snatch them. There used to be a hymn, I think it's a Methodist hymn, that says, rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Then he says, snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. Yes, snatch them in pity. When you're snatching someone from danger, you don't care so much about even hurting them. Yes. When a child is about to be hit by some vehicle or something and you happen to be next to them, you know, you skip all the protocol. You don't find out whose child is this and can I ask for permission to snatch them from this moving vehicle or something? No. You grab the child by the neck or by the shirt and just snatch them. Yes. So snatching always comes with the risk of mishandling. But you can apologize later. <laughs> but the danger is always more. <laughs> Do you see? Yes. So you can tell somebody, I'm so sorry that I pressed you so hard to come to church. Especially when you've seen that they've been to church, they've been to the Lord, they've known the Lord, they're enjoying. So I just wanted to apologize for... <laughs> Snatching you and bringing you to the Lord. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet and let's bring the service to a close and let's go home. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody, let's pray and say, Lord, I want you to give me these three things Anakazo, Biazo, and Anadea in the name of Jesus. Everybody, pray. Yes, Father, we are praying and asking you in the name of Jesus. According to the scriptures we have read, Lord, according to the study we have done today, we realize we need these three elements. We need to activate them in our lives if we are going to be fruitful for you, if we are going to bear fruit, if we are going to affect our circles affect 
beyond our circles affect people for you we can't always be gentle we're going to have to apply all these tools that your house may be filled with people who will have the opportunity to taste of the goodness of God and to know the Lord and so we pray Lord for wisdom and grace for applying these things in the name of Jesus help us Lord to use these tools to fill your house to bless the church to bless people and their lives to bless families with the great gift of salvation we thank you Lord for your blessing in the name of Jesus now as we close I want to give you an opportunity if you're with us here or you're out there on Zoom or on Facebook or listening to the podcast but you know in your heart that you are not saved that Jesus is not the Lord of your life and you want to give your life to Jesus I want to give you that opportunity right now to give your life to him just call upon him. The Bible says, Whoso calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today is the day of salvation if you want to call upon the Lord. So I want to ask you to say this prayer with me. Everybody join us as we say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And you died for my sins. Say, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. I invite you into my life to take charge over this life and to make you Lord over my life. Forgive my sins, Lord. Let your blood wash me. Let your blood cleanse me and make me a child of God. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Now, let's, you may be seated. Let's have communion. Do we have communion? Yes. Let's have communion quickly. We're just closing in just a few minutes. But let's come to the Lord's table, everybody. And let's receive and experience the cup of blessing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yep. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we ready? Morning. I want to just okay. take your communion. Yes. And um, Father, thank you as we receive this. I want to pray for the sick specially today. Amen. I don't know what type of cancer, what type of problem, what type of diagnosis you are experiencing or struggling with. But I want to say that life and death is determined by God. You are precious. Amen. You will not die unless God says, I need to see you. I need to see you. And I know God needs to see you here working for him. Amen. 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 Using your Sundays and maximizing your Sunday usage. Amen. Amen. Lord, as we approach your table, 
let every devastation be restored to normalcy. Yes. We ask for healing as we take of the body yes. of Jesus Christ. Amen. The body of Jesus. The body of Jesus. Now lift up the cup. Diabetes is being healed. Yes. High blood pressure is being healed. Amen. Curses are being healed. Amen. Blessings are coming. Yes. Receive. I say blessings are coming to you. To Receive you right it. Because this is the cup of blessing. Yes. May the blessing of the Lord come into your life. Amen. Through this amazing revelation of the blood of yes. Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Lord, thank you. Lift your hands for your blessing. The Lord heal you. Amen. The Lord bless you. Amen. The Lord remember you. Yes. And the Lord answer your prayers. Yes. Now put your hand on your heart. I rebuke fear. Amen. Whatever makes you frightened. Yes. And whatever makes you Disturbed, yes. frenzied, yes. upset. Yes. Even whatever makes you frightened in a way that you don't even know that you are you are stressed. That's right. May the Lord heal you. Amen. Of that as you put your hand on your heart. Yes. It's the hand of the Lord. Yes. It's the hand of the Lord. Yes. And driving out from you fear, yes. anxiety, yes. fear of the unknown. Yes. Fear of tomorrow. Yes. Be healed of it. Yes. Fear of death. Be healed yes. of it. Yes. Fear of sickness, yes. be healed. Yes. Let every pain, every strange pain, mm. every strange feeling mm. that has come upon your body yes. depart. And Jesus. let the thoughts of anxiety and the thoughts of fear that are associated yes. with pains oh, in, in your body, let those fears be banished from your life yes. today. Receive your healing. Receive blessing. Receive life. Yes. Crossing 70 with ease Amen. is your story yes. and your portion. Father, thank you for ease and peace that is released to all your children. I bless all the children, Lord, everywhere in the world. Let your blessing be upon upon their head. I see the blessing of the Lord on your head. Place your hand on your head and receive Receive, a blessing from head to toe. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, and the Lord help you. In Jesus' name. And by the grace of God, yes, we will be together at the flow prayer meeting yes. Tuesday morning. Everyone Jesus. everywhere joining in. Lift yes. your hands. Father, thank you that the good work you've started yes. in us, yes. you will surely bring to a perfect end. Amen. Let anyone who is experiencing a crisis yes. hear good news. Yes. Anyone who is experiencing a certain trouble yes. that doesn't want to go away. Stubborn troubles. Yes. Hear good news. Have a phone call. Have a message. Have a surprise. Have a breakthrough. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's a very powerful prayer. Amen.